0: And welcome to episode number 145 of the Peak of Serenity podcast. I am, as always, one of your hosts, Emilson. And joining me, we have my co host, Anomaly. Hello. And uh, this week, patch 10.0.5 came out. Uh, we have a lot to talk about from that. And yes. also, 10.0.7, we got some announcements about. Which we knew that they were having a you know a fairly aggressive release schedule, but it's still very, you know, new to us to have you know patch just came out,
1: another one on the docket,
0: and just another one goes up on it's not up on PTR yet I think, but it's up on the dev channels like we can see there's a new build listed for yep. them, um, and actually I believe there's two new builds, one for ten point zero seven, and one for ten point one.
1: Yeah. So, yeah, they are. Uh, it's it's crazy because I think this like I don't remember a time where like you just had like patch after patch after patch, which is yeah, just nuts. So
0: probably the closest to that was actual vanilla. Wow. Um, That's true. Where like they got up to like 1.14 or something with yeah. minor patches like there's 1.14.1 and stuff like that. Like, Yeah. There's, there's, uh, I'm trying to remember, was 1.14 actual vanilla or was that the classic patch for vanilla? I don't remember.
1: Yeah, I think 1.14 was the classic. Yeah. But they they got up there in terms of that. Yeah. And they, yeah.
0: That would have been 1.13, the last real vanilla patch. But it's still, that's like, that's a lot.
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. There was like, there's always, there's sub patches in there too. So like, um, which weren't as big as the the dot releases. So yeah. Um, yeah, it's, a it's crazy that, I mean, they're, they've are they got their marks that they're marching towards, which is cool, so hopefully they hit it. Hopefully this doesn't turn into, a, like, a wad situation where, like, stuff just gets cut for the sake of, like, meeting the schedule. But it seems like they have, like, a roadmap set up. They know what they're working towards. And yeah, it seems like they can hit it, right? It's, like, it's the standard stuff we've always expected in patches, plus, like, like seems like not minor, but smaller things sprinkled in, like, the trading post that starts February 1st, right? Right. And then, you know, I know the big patch, and, like, 07 is, like, a couple of class things, but also it's the new story stuff or the evoker zone, right? That yep. the, everybody gets to experience. So it seems like smaller patches have a right size content wise that they shouldn't miss it. Um, with like yep. the, the big patches are still raid plus zone, which has been like the standard formula for for years now. So yeah, yeah. So yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh,
0: that's cool. Exciting. But, exciting. but also uh, progression this week. Sounds like you guys
1: had a really good
0: week. Can we? Yeah.
1: <sighs> So I don't, like, there are, there are there are not many times where I look at my guild, and this this isn't derogatory towards anybody in my guild, or it's not supposed to be me, where I'm like, we played out of our minds. Like, there are there are certain maybe one or two pulls in a night where, like, damn, we did really well. But, like, dethea we absolutely crushed. So we killed Dathaya in 21 pulls. The funny thing is, is if you subtract four of those pulls, so we pulled her um, Tuesday night just to sort of set up weak auras, and, like, they weren't, yeah. we literally didn't go to platforms. It was like, we spent four pulls just doing yeah. weak is seeing how marks worked. You subtract those four pulls from those 21 and it's like what? That's 17 pulls, real pulls we put into her and we killed her. Um yeah. which is absolutely crazy because like it literally our chart is like anywhere between like 60 and 50% wipes and then a kill. Like nothing below maybe I think our lowest attempt pre that kill was like 45, 46%. Yeah. But we dude, yeah, I think you're pulling up. Like we absolutely crushed it. Um yeah. and so um So, yeah, that was it was awesome in terms of like we got through it really quickly. It was not awesome in the terms of like we had nothing prepared for (laughs) Diarna.
0: Yeah, we yeah. So like last weekend, Thea did end up being again like a three hour affair to finish off. Um, So we got through Thea. We didn't end up actually It took us most of the raid night, I think, to get Dithea down. So we did not actually pull Diarna last week. Mm-hmm. Uh, but we did decide to extend partially because Thea did take as long as it did. Yeah. Um, so we actually like, so you, you guys took based on this, you took about one and a half hours to progress to Yeah. Uh, we took like six, right? <laughs> yeah. And a lot of that was last Sunday. So we, uh, then came into Diurna on Friday, we sunk, you know, like four hours into it. Yeah. Uh, and we were pretty prepared. I think we are we reached Diurna quickly enough that I think there's still a big gap in some of the, like, um, really underpinnings of how some of the mechanics function like the great staff. There's some yeah. things that people really understand that are well known in the community, like the fact that you can um, basically make the great Staff mechanic like the mythic mechanic for the great Staff, is that she periodically casts this stormfisher thing that causes puddles to spawn everywhere you've like, taken the laser from the great Staff. It has limited memory. So you can do extra early on, they don't really need to break eggs or anything, you just take the laser and you run it into a wall you do right. extra early on and then you when you reach the middle of the room at the end of your route the lasers don't do anything with stormfisher. Yeah. So like that's something that's relatively well known. One thing that I actually struggle with so I'm tanking the boss on Diana and um like I was doing this thing where you know, you try and get the great staff to get planted in the center of the three eggs that you're trying to break. So that everybody has an easy time breaking their egg. And like 95% of the time it was great. And then like 5% of the time it would spawn on the opposite side of the boss, which is not something I had seen anybody talk about. Yeah. Um, I posted about, it, there's this red discord. I posted about it in there and they're like, yeah, we have no idea what you're talking about. <laughs> like, nobody apparently has encountered this i don't know if nobody else was trying to do the thing that i was trying to do right yeah which is trying to get the 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 great staff not the boss but the great staff dead center um and it turns out i did some i did some investigating after raid it turns out that the boss casts uh basically at the start of the great staff cast there's a hidden cast that happens that snapshots not the tank's position, which is what I thought was being snapshot. I thought it was snapshotting me based on my experience in Heroic. Right. It, it actually snapshots the boss's facing.
1: Oh, okay. Okay.
0: Um, and it does that at the very beginning of the cast. But visually, the boss will like turn to face the tank and then start the cast for the Great Staff that's not actually how it always works. though. sometimes she starts (laughs) to cast the great staff and then turns to face the tank. So if she snapshots her facing while she's still facing away from the tank from having done rapid incubation, right, then you get the great staff on the wrong side. And the boss has a really big, big hitbox so that the difference there is like 10 yards, right from where like, I'm standing as the tank and where she turned to cast rapid incubation. And the solution is to not overthink it and just, like, get the boss to the center instead. Don't That's try hard. and put the Great Staff in the center. Um, there's, like, slightly a slightly harder thing that I'm going to do, um, I think, that is, like, I spent some time doing, doing some geometry as well because there's one set in particular we were having trouble with. Um, basically, the ideal scenario for controlling the position of the Great Staff is the tank is in a position where... That's just where she's going to face when she casts rapid incubation. That makes it perfectly consistent because it doesn't matter yeah. whether she turns to face the tank in between casting rapid incubation and starting the great staff cast, because that's just where the tank is anyway. Right. Um, so that's probably what I'm going to try and do. And I know how I do that on like 10 of the 11 egg sets that we do. <laughs> and that nice. 11th one, I probably just plant the boss in the middle and hope for the best. Yeah. And like just rely on it being in the middle means that it can't be so far off that it wipes us basically. Gotcha.
1: Yeah. Nice. Yeah. I mean, we, we, threw, so like number one, we weren't really prepared to do diurna. So there was a lot of just like, like even on like, like, so I would primarily focus on like the healing side of things. And so, you know, healing wise, we didn't have really cooldown set up. So we, you know, wiped yeah. just not having a cooldown where we needed it. And yeah. the second thing too is like we, because we killed it so quickly like our tanks we just did our typical heroic strat which has our blood decay on adds and our warrior on the boss so like yeah there's a little bit of a, a hairy situation in certain cases where like our warrior just fell over to like the, the, the sum of the damage plus yeah. the damage yeah yeah i
0: i didn't like there are times uh like we 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 got to 25 percent of the boss right we reached phase two a oh, few nice. times we were close i think actually if i hadn't been trying to be too clever with the great staff we might have just killed it on friday because we probably lost six or seven pulls just to that uh uh-huh. um but there's one point in the fight around egg set nine that so much damage goes out that like i have the healing reduction i'm playing blood Dechem. i have the 50 percent healing reduction i hit death strike and it full heals me yeah through the 50 percent healing reduction
1: jesus that's crazy
0: that's just that's just wild that's wild and and ams of course is like super good for because the egg breaks are magic damage so you like you can't you can't ams anything like super crazy powerful in phase one but you can just like hit ams during the raid damage that goes out and be safe yeah and you can do it on every other set so you like figure out which sets you you're scared of and
1: you push it and then you live that's crazy yeah yeah, so that was that was definitely a, an interesting experience um in terms of like yeah who's about from our tank healing perspective and even i mean to be fair the funny thing is too like even on the ads like there are certain ad sets where like the our blood tk just gets crushed where it's like literally 100 to zero um and like yeah. we have z- like no idea like just not an idea we know what's happening but it's just like it's very scary um and typically that happens when we're moving which makes it even scarier like move from yeah. one set to the other so
0: we have uh we are like our tank comp is vengeance demon hunter and blood dk mm-hmm. and uh i'm not gonna lie i have no idea how how my co-tank lives those ads sometimes yeah. <laughs> um especially like there are times that he'll get clipped by the tremor things which by the way i hate made, the visual the visual for the tremors is is huge bait it's a lie they do the cone and like if you're in Mela, you step out of the cone right and you think you're safe and yeah. then the like zigzaggy rock things come out of them and they leave the area of the cone and they just like hit you yeah when that cone happens if you're staying in Mela, you gotta like really really move yeah because they leave the area of the cone and it's so tilting
1: yeah that and like the other thing too is the the fact that like there's the i don't know if you've noticed that well you don't i don't know if you don't do ads but like they're the different sides of the rooms have different brightnesses so like oh yeah start it's darker in that corner and so the 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 AoE like the the graphic line like is more masked because it's just generally darker so the colors are more similar than like the opposite side of the room that you like sort of move around to it's a little bit yeah. lighter over there so like it's slightly know easier that. to see yeah, yeah so like and maybe i'm making maybe that's just me like because I have bad eyes and I'm old. But like, to me, that was always like, the first set's always the most difficult. The rest of them are, I mean, they're definitely hard to like, make sure you keep a a line of, but um, or be aware of. But yeah, that first set is just real bad. Um, And the other thing too, is like the storm cloud lines that come out from the ad, like around the ads. Yeah. Are like, (laughs) because like there's initial damage when they come out and then they're, they're dormant and then there's another set of damage when they disappear. And so like, there are many times where like, we lost people just to being like, Okay, I can just run over this, and they're like, "Oh yeah, I didn't take damage last time." I'll run over like the line as like they're ending and their damage hits again, and it's the, just like you just die. The
0: stormfishers actually do ticking damage the whole time they're up.
1: Yeah, but you can you can run through and not die. Yeah. yeah, like you will taking one tick is fine. You dip low, but you're not going to die. The problem is if you're standing there when it initially hits, and then when it ends, it's like a big burst of damage. Yeah, it's like 200 or something k. So so
0: it's also like actually super dangerous to take the hits. Because of uh, egg breaks and other other raid damage going out,
1: yeah, yeah, um, that fight's are super bursty. So.
0: Yeah, we had multiple times that people died, and it was like, oh, you took a tick of Stormfisher, and an egg break happened, and you just like, you know, fell over.
1: Yeah, there's had yeah, nothing you can do. But um...
0: uh, another fun thing, uh, Dream Breath. Uh, you take damage from Stormfisher. Sometimes multiple ticks from Stormfisher when you cast oh, Dream really. Breath. Uh, when you cast dream breath if your dream breath goes over it so like we were we have adjusted our dream breath timing so that you no longer like he's no longer <laughs> casting it during uh Stormfisher.
1: that's good yeah i don't think i think our yeah i don't think we use them over that set of ads that i'm thinking about um and like the if you're looking at the, it's like the first set on the left side as you like if you're looking yeah. at the room where you walk in that like front left corner that of ads yeah. is where the storm fishers are really bad for us and um I don't think he's casting it there. But yeah, it's been a it's an interesting progression. I don't I mean, we're not definitely not as far as you guys. I don't think we've seen phase two yet. We've gotten to like the 10th or 11th um egg break. We're actually doing 12, I think, egg breaks. Yeah, 12
0: is so with the tank, was, that's actually one of the the things for this week. Uh one of the hot fixes, they nerfed the phase two tank soak uh mm-hmm. on Diurna on Mythic. So for those that aren't familiar. Her mortal stone claws mechanic that she does in phase one changes in phase two on mythic only, and mm-hmm. it gains a tank soak. So it's a 90% healing reduction, which is a lot. Yep. And then it was doing like 1.1 million damage divided among everybody that soaked it. There's a catch Blood Decay could AMS and just prevent the application of the soak. It didn't yeah. have the like Pierce's immunities flag. Um, so the actual strat that everybody did is you soaked every other one with your blood decay. You had, you effectively had to have a blood decay, um, to eliminate half of the damage in the, yeah. the final phase. Not literally have to like, not literally half the damage that goes out, but a lot of the damage that goes out, a lot of the unavoidable damage that goes out, um, comes from that. Um, and then the other tank would either solo it with externals. Um, something like time dilation is extremely good for that. Because, you know, just 70% damage reduction. Uh, and then you have to heal them through the dot. But it's whatever. 70% damage reduction.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, or you would soak it with, like, rogues, immunes, um, that kind of thing. They just nerfed it. It went from 1.1 million damage to, like, 480k. Um, yeah. Cut it more than in half. And it's a crazy reduction. Um, basically, what that means is, like... If your tank is healthy after taking the initial hit, you just like have your two tanks so get together. Yeah. Um, and what we are actually probably going to do in practice once we clean up our transition into phase two a little bit more is um, have tanks plus a rogue, and the rogue just pushes faint, which is like a forty percent AOE damage reduction. It's <laughs> like so crazy. Something <laughs> ridiculous. I yeah. think it's like rogue pushes fate. Maybe we have a we have a DPS DK. Maybe they go in there and they hit AMS, which is also like a really good value for them because it generates a bunch of runic power for them.
1: Yeah,
0: um, and also they should take literally zero damage. For it. I I did the I did the math. If we have a rogue, a DPS DK, myself, and my co-tank tanking or soaking that soak,
1: yeah. the
0: DPS DK's AMS gets like ninety eight percent consumed, and they take
1: zero damage. Nice. Nice. yeah yeah we have to we'll have to i think we have to sort of we still have to lay all that out but our goal was to try and hit phase two we just didn't hit it on on thursday and yeah. we, I mean, we we luckily we didn't really talk about this but like we were delayed to start raid on tuesday because even though the I think yeah. the servers came up at seven people like, couldn't log in people couldn't log in until like we finally got our raid all online at nine eastern and so and like those three hours luckily we cleared everything to dathia and then you know killed Dathia in the first hour on Thursday and then went yeah. went to Diarna. so yeah it was um yeah it was it was a good raid week you, you know even with the uh even with the patch and like a lot of the issues on patch day we um we had a really good raid week which was awesome
0: um Yeah actually speaking of issues on patch day that's been way more of an issue this expansion I think than in previous expansions Yeah and I don't know if it's just because like in Shadowlands, you know, we got eight. We had eight total patch days, right? We had yeah. nine dot five, nine dot one. Hang on, math is hard. No, we had, yeah, we had like eight total because there was like yeah. nine dot two dot seven as well as yeah. nine two and nine dot two dot five. Um, and of those, the the like ones that I remember actually being bad were like the Sepulcher release day, yeah. which didn't have a raid release, right? Because it's just the patch release. It's staggered. And then um, the season four release, which did have raids, uh, and it was a shit
1: show. Exactly. Exactly.
0: Yeah. Um, But these, like, we have patch releases in the middle of, you know, raid times. And so, like, uh, the midweek team in our guild uh, that is normally Tuesday, Wednesday raid times they heard 10.0.5 is releasing on Tuesday and also, by the way, eight hour maintenance. <laughs> and they went, who can rate on Thursday?
1: Yeah. Immediately swapped. Yeah.
0: So they, they are now, uh, they did Wednesday, Thursday this week. And actually so many people from their team can do Thursday. I think literally everybody from their team can do Thursday, especially with like more advanced notice than what yeah. they had for 10.0.5. I think they're doing Wednesday, Thursday for the rest of the tier. And then, uh revisiting the situation because uh they
1: these days are bad
0: yeah they lost like they would have lost a couple of hours on Tuesday from like core important people like healers not yeah. being able to log in and uh they've lost other times like just lost an entire raid night the when the like group disband stuff was really bad it was yeah. on Tuesdays like yeah, if we got, they raided thursday they would have been fine
1: yeah it's funny to talk about that we got a little bit of that on i think that was on wednesday we we're doing heroic we did like a random heroic on wednesday or maybe it was main raid i forget one of the two days either tuesday or wednesday we got the whole disconnect thing again this week which was oh that's I mean, we hadn't seen on malganus but like yeah like a pretty like half our raid like went offline <laughs> like this is great oh uh, um, yeah but yeah no, it's uh it was a good raid week um I mean, the fights of like, I'll tell you, like Dathia didn't do Dathia, but but Diana is fun so far. Um, yeah. I'm in the ad group, so I get to like run around and um, I will
0: say I got extremely frustrated with the with the great staff positioning thing, because like just yeah. rent literally randomly wiping because yeah. the boss decided to start the cast before she faced you instead of after she faced you. Um, which I didn't know was what was happening at the time. I thought it was snapshotting me and I was trying to figure out like what I was doing wrong. Yeah. And it turns out that I, I had, you know, screwed up like 10 seconds prior and I needed to just have the boss in a different position so that, you know, it wouldn't wipe us even if it went in a bad spot. Yeah. But uh, yeah, I got really frustrated by that. But other than that, like the boss has been fun.
1: Yeah. I will, I will say we were both wrong in that, we, didn't, we both said diana wouldn't receive any nerfs before other bosses, and she was 100% I, this is, nerfed. This is a nerf
0: that is only a nerf if you're not doing what a lot of guilds were starting to do, which was running two blood decays. Yeah. And it's something that we discussed a little bit was having our DPS DK go blood and doing double blood on the fight. Yeah. Because then you just don't get any tank soaks in phase two.
1: Yeah, basically, I think it's the mechanic, Yeah.
0: Yeah so i understand why they did it it basically removes the comp check from this boss you can do it with any tank comp now uh fairly easily um or at least the tank soak in phase two is not going to be big deal like honestly if you really don't want to think about it at all you can literally just drop it on melee it's a huge huge soak you could just like go stand on the on the melee group yeah and splitting it between like eight people makes it like a 50k hit and that's just like not a big deal
1: yeah no that's true that's true that's true but um but yeah I thought that was I think I pinged you like as soon yeah. as it came out. I was like, you're yeah. wrong.
0: <laughs> yeah. We
1: were wrong with that. Uh
0: there's the there's a distinct possibility, right, that we get to spend a lot of our raid night tonight on Razageth, And I am not
1: really looking yeah. forward to progressing phase one of Razageth. Yeah, I know you guys I hope you guys clear. Yeah, that'd be awesome. Um you guys are crushing at this tier, so yeah, we'll see. We'll see what we do next week if we extend or if we do another set of clears and then get Dierna down, so slightly it, behind you. So. If
0: you're curious, like, you guys you guys were 4.13.4 on your Dierna product this week. We were 4.14, so you're, like, right behind us in eye level. Just yeah, and really I
1: think, close. Yeah, I think, like I said, I think a couple of, like, like healer-wise, like, I'm really low just overall, and so, like, yeah. the four that we'll probably place in Razagath will be, yeah, we'll probably be up to 4.14. Because I think our, it's funny, our Dathia kill, I think, is higher eye level than uh, our comp on Dierna. Um, just based on a couple of swaps we did so um amazing but yeah um but no, it was yeah i think good raid weeks all around so um so cool i think maybe we'll move into a little bit of what's what transpired last week um in terms of major stories i think the big thing we'll talk about is just all the patch stuff because i want to i want to go over some interesting bugs uh a little little preview yeah uh, that are still active at least as of last night i don't know if they did any hot fixes today but Some interesting mystery bug. So um, before we get into that, though, a couple of just quick things. Um, First up is they've added a, which I wish they would have said this before I did some quests on an alt. They added a Spark of Ingenuity skip. So basically what it is is if you haven't done any of the Spark of Ingenuity quests um, the first time your alt goes to start that quest, you'll be given the option to skip it to essentially get your five sparks right away, Um, which is awesome. In terms of like catch ups from an alt perspective, I think there's still issues with pr- the primals that you're not the well the primals that you need in terms of um, it's to basically craft items at a higher yeah. item level, and then the other like the items that drop in mythic and heroic, right, to craft higher item, item level. Those yeah. are still character bound, so you still need to farm those on your alts. But at least for you know sparks, you can craft the base level items, get your base level embellishments going, and and go from yeah. there. Um, but yeah, they added the skip gives you five, don't have to do any of the quests, catch you right up for an alt. Awesome. What it doesn't do is if you've done any of the spark quests and completed them on an all, you do yeah. not get the option of that skip. So if you did like my druid, if you've done one of the five quests, I have to complete the other four, yeah, uh, to unlock the other four sparks.
0: My, so my monk was in the same situation, pretty much. I had done three of them, so I hadn't yeah. done the halls of infusion or the the like tear hole, like run around and, yeah. and siphon from the robots which actually like the halls of infusion one is not that bad. You can just queue for normal halls of infusion, be in and out yeah. in 10 minutes and, and you're on your way. Um, the one where you got to go to tear hold and like do the thing to the robots is like very hit or miss. Sometimes it's extremely easy. There's nobody else around and you just like knock it out in five minutes and you're done. Yeah. Other times like it literally took me almost an hour on my monk to get that done. Cause there were so many other people around trying to get, it. I finally just gave up and like logged back in at 2 a.m. <laughs> and did it. It was that that quest is really annoying. So like definitely do that one only once. Don't pick up the spark quest on any other character and yeah. then just like go do the skip on every other character. That's like my hunter hit 70 yesterday. I'm going I skipping it. No yeah. shit.
1: No 100%. Like if not
0: if not for that one quest, I honestly wouldn't care because they're all so quick. It would be annoying, yeah. but it wouldn't be too big of a deal because it takes like an hour to get through all of them except for the last one. And that's yeah. including all the like travel time and stuff. But that
1: last one sucks. No, I agree. I agree. So it uh yeah, it's 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 a good skip, but if you're in the middle of it, it sucks that you can't sort of skip the rest of them. So um so yeah, so that is that is sort of the the spark skip. Um good on Blizzard, maybe not fully good on them, but you know, at least it catches up everybody else pretty quickly. Um the other thing is, so last week we talked a little bit about this, but Chinese servers officially shut down. Um, there's a bunch of sort of like tweets and posts about um, sort of the end of the servers. A bunch of people sort of logged in and and did some stuff. So um, sucks that they are now fully down. Um, but if you did want to sort of see, uh, or sorry, not see, but there's some posts from the the author of the uh, what is it, Narcissus add-on, um, yeah. which sort Narcissus. of um so he put up a bunch of posts on sort of like the final days of of it and it's sort of kind of sad to see like people have invested so much time into the game seeing it shut down um particularly when like the game is still going on elsewhere right like i i thought a little bit about this as i sort of read through this about like what i would feel like when like wow eventually shuts down right like considering how long i've played and yeah um and all that fun stuff but it definitely i think i i don't think i will feel as bad as if i was in like the Chinese players positions of watching everybody else in the world continue to play the game. (laughs) Yeah. Me just not be able to continue to play. Right. So, um, um, yeah, it's
0: the other thing about this. Like if you look at when other MMOs are shut down, right. They have like big bombastic, like end of the world kind of events that they do. Um, because of the account backup feature actually, uh, which makes you like, once you do the account backup, you can't log back in. Exactly. So there was no big end of the world event or anything like that. It's just like unceremoniously shut off the servers at midnight like on Thursday this yeah. past week.
1: Yeah. Yeah, which is just yeah, super, super sad. So I mean it sucks yeah. for the Chinese players. Um hopefully that you know Blizzard and whoever can start to figure out what's going on. But um but yeah, it's uh yeah, they're all down now. So um, I think a bunch. I think a couple. Like like I think we mentioned last week. Of you know the uh, author for the Narcissus add on basically said up. Uh, he's going to move to Taiwan. Well, move Taiwan. Taiwanese server not move there. Uh, yeah. Move there physically. Um, yeah. I bet you there's. will be a bunch of other players that sort of shift around and, and move to different regions to keep playing. Yeah. But, um,
0: there's a an interesting connection to uh, to the whole Hall of Fame system here. Normally, something like a third of all Hall of Fame slots in the Horde Hall of Fame are taken by Chinese guilds.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: There are, like, they can't do that anymore. So there's like 60-something, I think it might be 70 now, guilds of the Killed Razagev. Yeah. Not all of them are Horde. There's like 10 Alliance, right? Um, And normally this is where the rate of hall of fame filling up starts to really rapidly increase because people are currently on razegeth and over the next couple of weeks they're going to be killing it right but all those chinese guilds are not
1: they're just done yeah
0: um and i'm curious what that's going to mean for hall of fame which has implications not only for like when we get cross-server rating or cross-server mythic rating um it also has implications like we might see some like EU and NA guilds that are not normally in Hall of Fame territory get much closer because yeah. of the lack of chinese guilds competing for that Hall of Fame slot.
1: Yeah. Yeah, it'll be cuz I mean that was the big that was the big to do in I don't know if it was Sepulcher or Sanctum where a bunch of a chinese guilds Yeah, there's that selling in yeah. yeah, sold Hall of Fame to players, yeah. And they were filling up alliance slots like it was their job, so um yeah, I mean, yeah, it's generally sucks, but yeah, it'll be interesting to see if like, yeah, you start to see, you know, a handful of guilds move up, you know, like you said, like 20, 30 guilds start to move up in terms of the hall of fame and, and sort of capture those slots now. So Yeah. Yeah. It'll be interesting. So um so cool. Well, um, I think next up on the the docket is uh we got a 10.0.7 preview. So talk a little bit a little bit about this at the start, but Blizzard sort of, you know. They have, a, they have a roadmap they need to hit. And to hit that roadmap, content still needs to come out. So we got our first look at what's in 10.0.7. It's not a ton of detail, but there are some interesting tidbits. I mean, I think the first thing we talked about was, you know, we're going back to the Forbidden Reach, which is the Evoker starting zone. So right now, Evokers have been sort of the only ones to visit there. And like now there will be, now there'll be some max level content there um, for players to sort of enjoy and go through. So probably more, you know, world quests, more story stuff to sort of, you know, let max level players sort of dive into on the Forbidden Reach. Um, we also got a preview of some heritage armor coming out for the Horde and the Alliance. Or sorry, for humans and orcs, my fault. Um, so humans will get their heritage armor along with orcs, uh, which the human stuff looks super cool, um, like the shoulders. Um, orc stuff looks very orcish. Uh, yes, Not it does. the biggest <laughs> not the biggest fan. Um, I'm not a huge heritage armor person anyway. Um, but um, but yeah, if you, I think, is this the last set of races that, at least of the original races that need their heritage armor? Undead I I don't have other, me. Und- oh, yeah, they don't. You're right. There's probably a couple more. But I yeah. think this has been one that, that the community has probably been sort of clamoring for uh, for a little bit in terms of like,
0: there's like, the original stuff. there's the Warfront sets that are pretty close. They're like, I actually don't know what the Horde one looks like. I know what the Alliance one looks like. It's like your Stormwind foot soldier kind of armor. Uh This is a little bit fancier. Um, Got a little bit more, uh, you know, bits and bobs on it. Makes it look nicer. The other thing is this is uh, with Warfronts being like basically impossible to complete right now. um, You can't really acquire those at the moment. Right. So this is going to be, you know, much easier to acquire than that whole Warfront set.
1: Yeah. Yeah. No, definitely. So this is good. Yeah. Definitely higher res than what they put out. So better refresh than like because I think you can get like because the at least the Alliance one sort of looks like the Stormwind like knights that are around the city, but right. just like more detail, a little different in the shoulders. Um just yeah. generally like higher quality, right? Which is which is cool for the Alliance. So um orc very similar Kind of looks like the guards, but again, higher quality, a little bit more detail, uh, all that fun stuff. So, yeah, heritage armor coming in for humans and orcs. Um, one thing I wasn't aware of, and this is sort of a surprise to me, they're expanding the races that monks can be. So now, monks can be goblin, lightforge, drain and warrior. Um, which is which is cool, I guess.
0: Um so the, the reason that these didn't get added to monk when like they added DK to everything is that monks have some unique animations. Yep. They require like actual animation work. And so I don't know about Draenei. I don't understand the Life Forge Draenei because like regular Draenei can already be this and it should yeah. be like the same skeleton under the yeah. hood. I don't understand that one. But like goblins and wargans have their own um, own skeleton. So, I'm not surprised that those ones weren't added at the same time. Uh, But they are being added in 10.0.7. So, that's cool. You can be a goblin monk now, I suppose.
1: I could. I don't know if I will. Um, Maybe I'll test it out for a couple weeks. My monk is a panda and will always be a panda. Yeah, my monk's undead because they just have really good animations. I don't know. I love the undead animations, personally. Um, But, yeah, yeah, maybe...
0: Sorry. The, uh, the, the panda animations are still some of the best for
1: Monk, in my opinion. I just, you have to be a panda. Oh, oh, that's gross. Um, I guess the only final thing in the patch was they didn't put too much detail into, but a little bit of preview. They're refreshing recruit a friend, um, which if you haven't messed around with it, they added like a whole system around, like if you're, if you do recruit a friend, you get a bunch of bonuses, but then you as the person doing the recruiting get bonuses for how long that friend stays subscribed, which I think was a cool thing. Uh, yeah. It cost me, you know, a year-long sub because, number one, I don't have any friends that want to play WoW. And so I just recruited myself um, just so I get the cool transmog stuff. Oh, my God. Uh, which I don't use because I'm such an idiot. I don't like translog, but it's like things that are but in the game. But you want to collect it? Yeah, I want to collect it. I just I got to fill up the bar. Um, but no, so they're doing a re- They didn't have they literally had zero information other than, hey, we're going to refresh this. So I'm assuming probably different rewards and maybe a little bit in the difference in the bonuses that you get to do Recruit a Friend. Um, they did
0: they they posted an article that we we did talk about um and it's the same one that was like they were okay. announcing what the recruit the new recruiter friend was going to look like 10.0.7 is when those changes are going to be live gotcha so that's gotcha. like there's the if you remember the Uldum quests um where you like fly the biplane yeah and stuff like that that's you know that's the like end mount for the new recruit friend is that biplane which is cool. Oh cool. Uh also like upresed and like new new textures and all that. So it's yeah it looks better than the Wuldum 2000, you know, 13 or whatever it was. Yeah. Wasn't even to the uh kind of was more like 2010, wasn't it? Yeah. It was, it was a while weird. ago. Um but yeah.
1: That's funny. Yeah, that's cool. So yeah, so they they announced um all that in 10.7 which is which is cool. It's a it's a fairly, I mean it's not a small patch, also not a big patch, but I think it's. Yeah, I think they right sized it in terms of like some new outdoor content, some new, just like changes for people like collecting people to, to chase, right? Um, yeah, and stuff like that. So, yeah, um, yeah. So, um, so yeah. So that's sort of ten out of seven. We'll know more once it's on PTR. are they didn't really release any sort of class changes. Which, I mean, judging by what they're talking about, I think they're coming. Um, they did post, they do a post, not monk specific, but I think they're, they did a post that they're going to sort of look at Rhett and do a big redesign on Rhett in 10.0.7. Yeah, Um, that's
0: a, so I actually am really curious. I don't know if we'll get a post, but I am really curious if we will get a similar revision for brewmaster. Okay. Um, so actually this week, let me see if I can find what Sinzu posted. He posted an article on Peak about um, Blackout Combo. And uh, one of the things in there is Tiger Palm Damage. So I've, I've got the diagram here. This is um, Tiger Palm Damage with different multipliers. So like the base value uh, is one third of your attack power. Um, and you stack up all these things like you stack up your tier set is like you know four percent better you stack facepalm on that that doubles it you stack counter strikes on that that doubles it again now you're up to not one third but one plus one third of your attack power then you blackout combo it now you're at almost three times your attack power weapons of order three and a half if you crit seven times your attack power yeah as you get a bone dust, do proc bone dust brew proc. You're at ten times your attack power, so you're stacking all of these modifiers on tiger palm that make that like can take tiger palm from being absolutely like worthless amounts of damage to yeah. being very very relevant amounts of damage. Um, which is like so the the things that they talked about mm-hmm. in the uh, retribution paladin post there were like stacking damage multipliers in order to do huge bursts of damage, which is not really what the the case is with Tiger Palm. Like Tiger Palm is not a huge burst of damage. It like takes it from being like irrelevant damage to relevant damage. Um, But the other thing that they talk about is button bloat. Retribution Mm -hmm. paladins have a lot of buttons to do those big bursts. And um, that, you know, people call them like piano specs are, hard to play for mechanical reasons right like anything where you're like your rotational stuff extends beyond that 12 button action bar is honestly just genuinely much harder to do like going going from like 10 buttons in your rotation to 15 buttons is a massive increase in difficulty right um unless they're like mostly things you can macro together Brewmaster is kind of in that situation. I don't think it quite extends to 15 unless you're like really going crazy and picking every active that you possibly can.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: But um, you do extend beyond that basic action bar. Right. And uh, that does like a lot of them, unlike something like Retribution Paladin, where a lot of the Ret Paladin ones are like, f- there's a mixture of like 45 second cooldowns with like 90 second cooldowns. And so you line up all your cooldowns and that's part of the gameplay of Retribution mm-hmm. Paladin of doing those bursts. For Brewmaster, it's, like, 80% stuff that's, like, sub-15 second cooldowns. Yeah. So there's just, like, a lot of of buttons to juggle on very low cooldowns. And, like, that can be fun and interesting, but it's also, like, maybe not the right challenge that they're looking for. Like, right place to to get that challenge. Because you mostly, like, legitimately, if you just keep your, like, Kick smash, rising sun, kick, blackout kick, and breath of fire on cooldown as much as possible, you're like 80% of the way there. So it's really not there, not something you have to think about too much. It's just like the the like, okay, you have to actually have key bindings for all of these on G C D low cooldown
1: abilities. Yeah. Yeah, no, yeah. And that's it just becomes like to your point, button blow, but then also just like if if you're required to be competitive, making sure you hit the buttons in the right order, it becomes almost like, tier, like again, mechanical overload, where, like, if you don't do this, you are somehow irrelevant. Not irrelevant, but, like, your damage becomes so much lower, yeah. right? Um, yeah. Because the game is, like, balanced upon the fact that, like, you you need to... Not, I'm, gonna, I'm not going to say high roll, but that's sort of the idea. Is like, you basically need to high roll in terms of, like, your button presses and, and min-max that to make sure you do relevant yeah. damage. And your class is balanced around that. Where, like if you mess it up you're then below average right in general
0: Um, yeah and it's one of those things where like you can practice and reach the point that you can execute that and that's cool and it feels good to reach that point but also it's really annoying for brewmaster in particular that just like you just look at the number of buttons and it's like i don't really want all those buttons (laughs) yeah yeah and this is this is where you get into things like tiger palm is just not a very you know it's cool when you get literally you know you go from what you literally buff the damage of tiger palm by 30 times you know you go yeah. from one third of your attack power to 10 times your attack power and like that that's 30 times damage on tiger palm and that's kind of neat but also you know sometimes you get the 130th of that
1: exactly yeah yeah which just yeah feels great when it happens feels terrible every other time it doesn't yeah yeah <laughs> So, um, but yeah, so that's, I mean, that's 10.0.7 and I think sort of in a nutshell and um, yeah, I mean, hopefully, I mean, we should see it on PTR shortly and then, you know, they have like, what is it? This summer is 10.1. So we only have a couple more months before we'll see 10.0.7 and then 10.1 right after it. So yeah, I think um, we'll see the 10.1 PTR come out like immediately after the 10.0.7 release. Yeah, if not to be completely honest with you, maybe before. Right. And the yeah. other reason I say that is like if if they want to get out in the summer and you want to let 10.7 simmer for a little bit, at least like two two months, right? Like right. at this point, like they're gonna to have to get 10.7 out in March April time frame and then
0: I mean if they know, if they wanted yeah. to release um if they wanted to release 10.1 at the end of March and they wanted eight weeks of PTR for it, they would have to open up the 10.1 PTR like next week. Yeah. But if they want it end of April, then they would have until the end of February to get it up.
1: Right. Yeah. Which means I don't know if the 10.7 goes live before the end of February. Right.
0: I suspect it will because 10.5 was this week. It was like the last week of, of um, January, basically. Last week of February honestly would feel kind of right for 10. seven. It's another minor content patch. Um, but I could also see them like putting up the 10.1 t- PTR or having a shorter PTR cycle for it, like going with six weeks instead of eight weeks and trying to get that out the door so that there's not as much of a gap in like the world content. Because I think that is for, for the rest of the world that isn't, you know, rating. Yeah. That is like, um, the, the bigger thing is like, is there new world content, new quest lines, new stuff to do? New, new dungeons would be great, but you know, not,
1: uh, not, yeah. not quite yet. Not, not yet. Not yet. Um, well, cool. Yeah. So we'll, I mean, we'll see what, how they push out the rest of it. Um, see how quickly these things come out. Oh, um, Cool. So final thing before we start talking a little bit about our experience in 10.5 this week, a little bit more than just the raid. Um, we did get news that a member of the Wild WoW Classic team, Brian Birmingham, uh, has left Blizzard. Um, probably... I guess forcibly left might be the way or like was fired, terminated. Um, so Brian, if you're not familiar, was technical lead on Classic. And I think he's also the individual that first got like through all the interviews. I think I remember him being the person who actually built the original Classic like, like proof of concept, right? Like got it working yeah. in the modern client with the modern data structure. Like that was sort of what he was working on. One of like the, the first maybe like three or four developers on Classic. And so he was technical lead, um, pretty big part of like, basically, like resurrecting or building classic. And so he, he was terminated this week, or I guess terminated is the right word, because that's what they said, uh, in all the articles. And primarily, he was he was terminated because of, I guess, a, a policy of Blizzard called stack ranking. And so if no one's familiar with stack ranking, it's sort of in the corporate world, essentially, you get ranked on a scale of One to 10, or no, you're not on a scale, you get ranked against your peers one to whatever. So if there are 10 people in your department, yeah, your managers or your leadership will rank you one through 10 as the number one being the best performer, number 10 being sort of the worst performer. And typically with stack ranking, there's a bell curve, right? So like you will have most people in like a consistent with type methodology in the middle, and then you'll have your top performers and your bottom performers, right? Um, and that's sort of how it works. And generally you'll have like numbers you need to hit as a management. And I know so much about this cause my company does this. Like we've done this for like 10, 15 years. Like I've, since I've been in my company, so, um, very, very familiar with stack ranking. Um, the problem is, and I think Brian highlights one of the issues is that, you know, he is, he was being forced through this latest round of reviews of placing people in that lower end of the bell curve, right? Typically, you know when you review people you want to give them you know a fair ranking or fair rating for what they've done and the problem with right stack, stack ranking is that it forces some people to be in that de- i think they use the term developing at blizzard but like the lower you know side of the bell curve um you right. sort of are forced to place people in there and brian didn't agree um and so you know i think bloomberg put out a story i also think there was some behind the scenes where like brian really wasn't making a statement about this he was just like i don't agree with this i'm gonna you know, not go through with it. And Blizzard said, you know, you're fired because I just think Brian's point was, I'm not going to work until this policy's changed. And Blizzard was like, okay, we'll see you later. Which <laughs> yeah. is like, you know, they're, they're prerogative to do that. Um, but then, you know, after the story was broke and, and you know, people were sort of clamoring for a response, Brian sort of put out a, a sort of a full post about you know the, a little bit of the behind the scenes from Blizzard and the fact that a lot of the stack ranking is coming from the Activision Blizzard King like part of the organization which i think people forget that like there is a parent company above blizzard that owns and tells them what to do and yeah will say say it's activision but technically it's activision blizzard and king so it's sort of a conglomerate yeah. of a bunch of people who sort of run all three organizations um as one and you know they've seems like they've had stank at activision for a while they do it at king too so it's really now they're just enforcing it on blizzard um,
0: yeah and it's we, I, I mean it's one of those things so it, the the history of that is like it came out of GE yeah. in the 70s and 80s and um they just like it came from the top there you know new CEO wants to make a mark came from the top there all of the like research that's been done on it as far as its efficacy over the intervening 50 years has shown it to be ineffective because what happens is you know sometimes there are underperformers and managers are just like unwilling to deal with it and that's a problem right right but a lot of the time the the there's your top performers and then there's just kind of everybody else and there's not really a you know cutting your bottom 10 percent doesn't actually cut you know just the low performers it cuts into your actual like workforce and then you have to replace them and train them and they you lose knowledge and you lose experience and uh, it's and it just it creates like a competitive situation like your peers you're competing with them because you need to make sure like there's two ways to to end up you know above that you know bottom x percent whatever the percent is bottom x percent one is to improve yourself, to uh, make sure that you don't end up in that bottom ten percent, and the other is to sabotage other people so
1: that they do or don't help them. Right? Like it's yeah, it's the idea like you become you you basically become protective of what you do and you sort of over embellish your own highlights and sort of diminish teammate highlights. Right? It does it does create some sense of a competitive environment when you have to force have people in the lower end and i'll say that's the one thing like my when we when i went through it you know as a manager i i, I get not i get to do this it sounds really bad but i have to do this like every year right in terms of stack ranking and we don't we don't have that mandate so we don't have the mandate that a certain percentage has to be in the bottom okay. but we do have that we can only put a certain percentage at the top right so like yeah. we have limits for how and and we do it a little bit more granular we actually have like the bulk of it and then we have three levels above the bulk which is like varying levels of higher and higher performance. Um, And so we have like, you know, maybe I can put one person at the very top and, you know, two people, like significantly above, a handful above, and then the bulk of my team sits in sort of the consistent area. Um, And yeah, I mean, I, so for one, personally, I, like Brian is totally against this, 100% agree that it does create like competitiveness between teams or between teammates. But I will tell you that, like, at least from my experiences, if you walk into this environment and like it's already there and like as a manager, you foster like, look, like there are going to be people who are better at this. There are going to be people who are worse than this. But if we work together as a team, we're still a team. um, Sometimes it works out. But I think it, it depends on how it's presented. And it seemed like in this case, this was like a mandate coming down from on high that says you must do this, which is never the way it works out. Like, I think you have to have the culture to... You have to have a built-in culture that supports this sort of ranking, like this sort of performance management system, right? At a company versus yeah. it like forcing people to follow it. So it sucks yeah. that we lose Brian because he seemed like he really enjoyed like he, you know, pushing for classic to be there. Um and it sucks it like, yeah, I think in create like I think for me it works fine in my business because I'm not a creative. Like my business is very metrics driven. It's very like. Like there are there are fine results. It's not like a hey we put out a good game or hey I made a good model like and my art is good yeah. or like I code really well right like I'm not in that space. I'm very much in like a you sold X amount of work this quarter. That's was your target. You either met it or you didn't meet it right. It's like yeah. It's much more I think in terms of like metrics and and stuff like that. It's much more metrics driven versus in game design where it's you know very creative. You know very much um, like not as quantitative. Probably more like qualitative right. in that case. So. Um, probably doesn't work there, so it sucks. But it's funny to me. It's funny that reading all the replies from like his thread, Brian's thread, Twitter thread, and some of the other replies, some of the tweets that are happening, and people are like this is ridiculous. Like this is stupid. I'm like, well, like I get it. It doesn't work in game design, but like there are other areas of business where like I think stack rankings fine. Like I think it, it's just.
0: It, it also sounds like you do not the same stack ranking. Like no, there's like- a. Like you the the thing when people are talking about stack ranking that they really get up in arms about, like I think there is value in being forced to sit down and think about who is your top performers. Who's not like yeah. being forced to think through that and like report that. I think there's actually like real value that across like different fields. Right. The thing that people get up in arms about is when you have it tied to like the GE style mandate that you cut the bottom 10%. Exactly.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: And that's a, a very different thing than what you described. Like, it's you're more into like, I'm forced to sit down and like, I can identify the high performers. And like, we have the like everybody that's in the consistent bucket. And there's like, yep. the, you know, slightly higher performers. And maybe you identify like a, an underperformer or something or a couple yep. of them or however many there are. But you're not like sitting there going, well, the bottom 10% of the people that I rank are going to get fired.
1: <laughs> yeah, no, it's, yeah, no, we're not like, there have been re- years of the recession that has been the case, but, <laughs> but it, it like, that's an economy thing. That's not a like every year we sort of do that. Yeah. Right? It's more of yeah. like based on like the fact that the economy but in any event, yeah, no, that, 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 that probably is the biggest difference is like, yeah, we don't, we're not forced to do the cuts, um, yeah. which I can agree does prevent, like, does sort of target that hostile... or, like that competitiveness within a team that can be bad. Also like my job doesn't like we need our team to talk to each other, but I don't like, they don't, I don't know. I don't collaborate with a lot of my team, right? Like we work together. We have like certain objectives, but not like I'm not doing one component of what they need to do. And we need to have like a work together relationship, but like their own stuff, I have my own stuff and we're sort of working in the same direction, but not like with off each other, which I think in game design, like in designers, like in game design, like in blizzard's perspective, like, yeah, you need your team to be on the same page moving forward and maybe working yeah. off each other to like you know build a product and deliver it. So yeah, yeah, yeah. A little different. So but yeah, it sucks to lose, sucks to lose Brian. Um, but I mean to, to his credit, didn't like the policy, basically told, you know, Blizzard, we're not gonna work under this policy. I think it's you know, I'm gonna put my foot down and he did. It, it sucks he lost his job, but um, I think out of this, like you you know, I think I, mean, I think. I think from everything I've heard that came out about Brian, everybody loved him as a manager, right? As everybody yeah. worked with him, so hopefully yeah. lands on his feet. So
0: I, I think one of the interesting things here, in the wake of all the stuff that happened, um, you know, I guess it's a couple years ago now, with yeah. the the sexual harassment lawsuits and all of that, the Blizzard team seems very willing to be very outwardly like, yeah, this is not acceptable. You know, yeah. a little bit of like an activist workforce kind of thing. And that is, you know, especially in the aftermath of oh, yeah. the the stuff that happens. That is honestly really good. Like this is the kind of management that they like. This is a manager setting example of how that how things should be and like huge props. To him. This is like putting his own neck on the line in in protest and you know losing it but still doing the right thing and i think that's very cool and i can understand why people would like him as a manager seeing like what he did
1: for his employees yeah exactly exactly so no yeah it's uh it's very it's very very cool for him and, and for them so um so yeah so sucks to lose brian but i mean um yeah, to your point, yeah, standing up is good. And I think a bunch of other Blizzard folks have come out and been like, yeah, this is sort of not the way. So maybe next year they have a conversation about, like, does this work for Blizzard, right? Like, in terms of their culture and what they're trying to do as a, as a company under the uh, ABK, I guess they say, banner. Um, so cool. So I guess for the the last, like, 30 minutes or so, we'll go through some of our fun week in 10.0.5, basically outside of the raid we'll focus on. We sort of already talked about how yeah. our raid week went which was, you know, I think good for both of us. Um, but yeah, um, in terms of 10 out five, like major things that have come out, um, you know, the, we, well, maybe next week we can talk a little about the trading post. I'm ex- actually excited for it just to see what it is. Um, while it's in the patch, it doesn't actually start until February 1st. So I think this yeah. is Wednesday this week.
0: If you, um, if you open the like adventure guide thing, it opens the trading post panel, which for this week is just empty.
1: Exactly. So that's a
0: little bit awkward. Like maybe they should have been like when you opened up the the Mythic Plus like panel for the first time and tells you, oh hey, this is thundering and like, you know, yeah, here's what the Plus is and how you get started. And then you go to the trading post one, you open it up it's like, this is empty. It looks like it's broken. What's going on?
1: Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So so we'll see, we'll get into maybe trading post stuff for next week and, and see how we, yeah. we like it since it's not just live yet. But a couple other things did go live. Um so we've got the catalyst this week uh which yep. was which was fun so interesting way that that works um is that basically you get a quest fill up a bar you fill up that bar by doing various things around the world i'll tell you if you did this day one it was very easy kill the world boss on a your main and then your alt and you're done world bosses yeah. were giving 50 percent of the bar um that's been hot fix. i think it's only 20 percent now yeah um
0: which is still like fine like you do that on your main you do some other content on your main and you're like 90 percent of the way done without even really thinking about it
1: Exactly. And the good thing is, so the quest, it's, I think this might be the first instance of this, but the quest progress is shared between all your characters. Yeah. So, um, if you do 50% on your main and then you get it long on an alt, do another 50%, the quest completes, and then you unlock the currency on all of your characters to do a- an upgrade. Um, and it's also, um, retroactive, meaning like if you start a character today, you will start with, and you did the quest last week to, to unlock a catalyst upgrade. Um, you have one starting on that character immediately. Um, yes, so there's no catch-up and or anything like that. So, um, honestly, I'm fine with the way that they did this. I will say though, I'm slightly upset that I used my catalyst upgrade on a piece and then got the uh, got it on a heroic. I got a heroic helm that replaced it.
0: <laughs> uh, so that just sounds like a mistake, man.
1: I was. Uh, I didn't think we we're doing heroic. So I was just like, oh, I'll do. I'll use the upgrade here. It gets me like yeah. a it was like yeah. an eight or nine up, eye level upgrade. I was like, cool, use it, great. And then they're like, oh, we'll do heroic. I'm like,
0: I did. Um, we did it. We did it heroic. We actually did a heroic sale on oh, nice. Thursday, uh, which was nice. My gold reserves were running a little bit low, um, so we did the sale of that. Uh, did not come out with the tier helm again. So I finally, uh, I just went and did some keys. Targeting the plate helm, which drops from like, it's like no code quarter stars uh, and shadow moon burial ground, which are like two of those three are very easy keys. Yeah. 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 So just like jam jam some twenties, got nice. my plate helm, dumped some valor into it and converted it into a tier piece. And that was like a 10 high
1: level upgrade. Oh, geez. Nice. Nice. Um, very so yeah. Cool.
0: The other thing uh, this week with the completion of the sparks quest, you um, have the ability for new spark currency items to drop. It's not literally the spark you get. What's it called? It's like the bottled essence. Bottle thing essence you take yeah. to the spark machine and it turns it into a spark of ingenuity. Mm-hmm. Those can drop for anything. Very much Legion legendary style. Dirt piles, mythic plus, boxes from reputations world boss rares like you name it it can drop it there's internal hidden bad luck bad luck protection that you can't see um and i mean there's a couple people in my guild that did a little bit of grinding to try and get it uh more or less unsuccessfully like people heard that you could get it from dirt piles and so one guy opened like 350 dirt piles (laughs) and (laughs) Turns out dirt piles don't have a very high drop rate of it. Somebody just got lucky. Yeah. Um, Genuinely, I think the way to approach this... So one thing, one of the problems with the Legion legendary system is that it had these huge power gains tied behind it. Like, Legion would have been significantly better in that regard if the first five legendaries you got just came from a quest... And you got to pick your five legendaries, which is basically the situation we're in with the sparks, right? Like these extra sparks, like your first five, even if you mess up an embellishment and you have to get a new a a second embellish or third embellishment item, which is actually kind of the case for me. These extra ones are like, I'm taking an item that is currently 405 to 418, but it's like a bracer, right? Yeah. It's not anything big.
1: Yeah, it's not a huge stat. Yeah, it's not a huge stat item. Yeah. So. Yeah. No, I think it. Yeah, it's um, it's a good. Yeah, it's a, it's a nice, nice system. Um, but yeah, I have done. I so I have not. I don't think we saw any of those drop. We did. I mean, I've nobody in the guild has sort of said anything about it. But. Um, We've had yeah, like just, a couple drop. Yeah. Yeah. So that is. I, I'd forgotten all about that. So yes, yeah, so that's a part of the spark thing. Um, the other thing in 10.5, Five, which um i absolutely hate this is the stupidest thing they ever did. was um that it storms fury which is like a new like world event in the hourglass zone where like uh there's a attack of elementals that guess primalists and you have to yeah. like kill like or defend or break a bunch of portals and then kill a boss um the boss is horrendous i don't know if you i don't know if <laughs> you haven't done, done it. it yet so oh, yeah, just be pre- just be prepared to set aside, like just to just to kill the boss at the end, probably 20, 25 minutes. They nerfed has- the health of it. I saw they nerfed it. by fifty oh, like okay. percent. good. Yeah, because when I did it on Tuesday, it had something like 60 or 80 million health and it has two immune phases. So and the ads also had like, I think, like 10 or 15 million. You had to, yeah, you they- to kill three of them. Like yeah. it literally, I literally was trying to get it done before raid and it took me 20 minutes. Cause so like, oh, this will give me percentage, so that's great. Like, I'll yeah. do this world quest, get percentage and, like, get my um, catalyst item, right? Or catalyst quest completed. Number one, didn't get percentage. Number two, took 20 minutes to do and, like, it was god-awful. God-awful.
0: Yeah. The, um, I mean, I want to, I want to, I'll say, I'm one of those people, but I, I might be the only person that plays with, like, the experience bar turned off. OK, like whenever I can, I, I played with it on this expansion because I was running with a fairly minimal UI. And so mm-hmm. I just couldn't turn it off. <laughs> um, but I normally play with it off. So like I got the catalyst quest and I untracked it. <laughs> nice. And nice. I just did stuff. And like, I have no idea how much percent stuff gives. Um, I went Friday afternoon before raid and I was done. So I just went and turned it in. But nice. that's one of the perks again. One of the perks of raiding on the weekend, yeah. our raid nights Friday, I had Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday afternoon to finish this catalyst quest.
1: Nice, nice, yeah, yeah. And we, I sort of rushed on Tuesday to get it done in that hour we had, um, before uh, raid started, but yeah, that I mean, Storm's Fury, I guess it's cool. There's a bunch of cosmetic rewards you can buy from continuing to do the event, um it does drop a box from like the world quest. I don't know if that has a chance to drop sparks or not. Um, but, um, but yeah, it's there. It's just that, but I'm so, I didn't realize they nerfed the health of it. Cause that's good. Cause that yeah. was just, it was stupid. I it's, saw that um, in the hot faces. I was like, huh, that's funny. Yeah, it was, it was bad. Um,
0: and <laughs> It then, sounds like the guy that tuned mythic Razagath tuned that. Oh my God. It's something
1: ridiculous. Um, yeah. Um, and then the only the final, I guess new thing that's coming in is the mage towers back. Um, they talked about this um, way back when, before Dragonflight even launched. They were going to turn off the Mage Tower at least for the the opening patch, and it would come back at some point. And so now it is back. So if you don't have your transmog, you're missing certain transmogs. Um, go do the Mage Tower. I think I need to actually. I think I'm going to do it on my Druid just to get the the Druid Bear form uh, yeah. skin. Um, but so one of the things
0: I've I've heard is it's actually quite a bit easier than it was. For, mm-hmm. At least for some classes. like I heard Protection Paladin is a lot easier. I cool. suspect for Brewmaster it's going to be a lot easier too because one of the main hard parts for Brew was just the self-sustain and the talent changes, which we haven't talked about yet, but the talent changes that came with this patch um, actually do a lot for your self-sustain in situations where you're not taking enough damage to spawn a bunch of Gifted-of-the-Ox orbs and also have a healer pocketing in you. Right? Gotcha, yeah. Um, Spirit of the Ox is actually really good I've had a lot of fun with it I've done some raiding some keys on my monk this week it feels like it went from like constantly being at like one or two orbs on Expel Harm and feeling like I needed more to like now every time I want to push it I have like four or five orbs Um, it it feels nice Um, and that genuinely like Expel Harm is such a good button right now
1: nice like the
0: other thing is i actually i think i misspoke on this podcast back in the like beta phase strength of spirit in the class tree doesn't say this but it does buff the healing of your expel harm
1: orbs oh cool
0: so if you're low health they get you know basically double healing which is a lot like that does literally let you effectively expel harm and lay on hands yourself
1: nice nice
0: um and then you have to wait for more orbs to generate right but these new talents help with that. Like you still take Gift of the Ox, you still get that, but now you also have Spirit of the Ox generating even more. And one of the interesting pieces of that is it's tied to your rotation, so it's tied to pushing Blackout Kick and Rising Sun Kick. Mm
1: -hmm. Yeah.
0: So it's, even though it's like kind of passive, it is not pushing Blackout Kick and Rising Sun Kick is like the most common problem that i see when i look at people like people are coming to peak and they ask like what's going wrong why am i like gray parsing it's like you're not pushing blackout kick you're not pushing right in sun kick sometimes you're just not pushing enough things overall but a lot of times it's like skipping those in favor of pushing more tiger palms because they see the brute cooldown reduction on tiger palm. they're like oh i want that or pushing spinning crane kick because they like heard in shadowlands that you like push spinning crane kick for single target damage and didn't really understand why and that the reasons for that no longer apply. So fair enough. Yeah. Interesting. Brew talent changes are good.
1: Nice. Yeah, I mean maybe we can talk a little yeah, I will say on the misweaver side, because we were the we got a bunch of bunch of changes. Um, they also seem really good. Um people are sort of loving um loving the 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 inclusion of Shaylin's Gift or Shaylin, yeah, Shaylin's gift, sorry, I can never remember the the name of it. Um, and yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's been fun. There's been some, some interesting, we'll say tech involved in terms of like Shailen's gift. So I think we talked, I think it a little bit about this last week, but once you pick Shailen's gift, the talent immediately after that is two options. Basically, number one, one of the options gives you clouds, um, doubles the rate at which clouds spawn, which basically means you stack to 10 clouds, you know, quicker. Um, you stack up the healing increase quicker, um, and Things like that. And the other one is called lessons and of Xiao Hao. And that basically every time you use Shaylin's gift, you get one of four buffs for a varying amount of time up to 30 seconds. So if you consume 10 clouds, it's a 30 second buff. Less than you know, 10 is like you know, cuts the 30 seconds down, I think by five seconds for each cloud. You don't you're below 10. Um, and that's been interesting because there's honestly what we didn't really like, we knew the buffs were decent. Um, the random nature of them seem like maybe not the one you'd want. You'd want the other one for the consistent healing. We found though is that really there's not a bad buff in the four. There are one, yeah. there's one extremely good one, uh, there's one very good one, and then there's two good ones, right? So like generally speaking, any of the four you get, really good. So you sort of now there's sort of a a meta that's a, or a playstyle that's evolving or merging where like you use Shailun's gift to proc the buff, and then use that buff through your healing. So it's basically almost like a precast sort of like your yeah. at, trinket activation almost. Yeah. Um and there are some interesting logs where like people are high rolling like a Razigeth shield and they're doing 100,000 110,000 HPS off of just like she chi- hitting a good Cheluns, hitting Chigi and just DPSing. Like not actually casting yeah. spells like just DPSing. So, yeah. Um so yeah, it's 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 been fun to use that. Um to to like to to sort of think about ways to use that. It is a little bit more difficult to use. So I would say, like, as a player, if you sort of... The standard play style still works of using, like, Invoker's Delight, Rising Mist, and and Shiji, right? The standard one. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, Sha- Sha- Shailun's Gift is an option. Um, the changes to Yulon. So Yulon basically got a um, 50% reduction in the cost of Enveloping Mist when you use it. So a better increase is now fairly decent i think you still will probably run into mana mana issues without an innervate um or some level of mana reduction um when you do play ulans but it's much closer and i think it's probably yeah. viable in certain cases um and yeah that's i mean those are the two i think biggest changes so the shalen's gift with lessons has been really fun to sort of mess around with and try and try and game um, i'm terrible at it so i didn't run it on diarna um but um but yeah i think it's it's definitely an option um so there- to play
0: one of the things that I've seen as well, um, this got linked to me as a log that people thought were exploiting. Uh, oh, uh, yeah. Argo. The, yeah, Argo linked me the, one too. The, the like, Primal Council, I guess you press Phelan Stomp and you just, like, spin?
1: Yeah, so they, they buff the healing of spinning Crane Kick while you're in Phelan Stomp also. Okay. And because Council is consistent for target cleaving, right. Like you can just sit there and spin. Now... There is a bug with that, which is uh, interesting in that if you talent into uh, Ancient Concordance and I always forget the other one, but you talent into the, oh, the three into points. Oh, yeah. If you talent into those, cast Phaline, stand in it, and change talents, you never lose the buffs. Right. And so you can essentially, I shouldn't say, maybe I say this out loud so more people exploit and it gets fixed, but you can essentially keep those two talents with your Phaline stomp active and then also be able to take... Um, rising mist and uh invoke or sorry and um what's invoker's delight the haste buff and so like that just you know giga you know um giga buffs your hps so like yeah Yeah. i I think Argo linked me one log that 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 individual if it's the same log was not exploiting that sort of bug that's the one i saw
0: was not exploiting
1: yeah but you you can definitely exploit it and um the only issue is when you die you lose the buffs you kind of have to do the same talent changing um but um but yeah and yeah I guess yeah onion saying like yeah you don't even have to use Feline stomp to keep, the buster just always active regardless yeah. if you're in your Feline or not so yeah um yeah it's pr- that that, but that log for primal council and just spinning crane kick plus Feline is yeah it's crazy i mean, it really yeah. only works there in the raid um just because it's the only way to get consistent four target cleave like i think a couple people've asked about it on like karag and like it's really only like, maybe two targets in an emission there So it's not as, as good.
0: Um, And like, you are looking like on Tithea, right? On Thea, you get a platform phase every like minute versus the constant four targets of, of Primal Council.
1: Exactly. Um,
0: And then even like Diurna, if you're in the ad group, I could see it being good for just raw blanket throughput on Diurna, but Diurna is so much burst healing. It's not, like, taking damage. You're not taking huge amounts of taking damage. You're doing, you know, you do a
1: triple egg break, your whole raid gets, like, nuked, and then you heal it back up, and you do it again. Exactly. Plus, with Dierna, too, there's uh, there's a ton of movement. So, like, if you're yeah. not using the exploit... You can't you're... stay in the failing yeah. very easily. Yeah, exactly. So that becomes another issue. Um, but, yeah, no, and, and plus, uh, also with Dierna, like, I feel like the majority of the healing in that fight is in phase two anyway. So, like you basically make phase one easier, which technically phase two to to is,
0: center. is slightly shorter than phase one. They're like actually about 50, 50. Um, mm-hmm. and in the, the current logs, at least like if you're doing, if you're doing 11 egg, uh, then it's about 50, 50. If you're doing 12 egg, it's like 60, 40, uh, mm-hmm. 60% phase, fa- phase one, 40% phase two, but damage goes up in phase two because she gets a ramping buff right like the longer you spend in phase two the more damage she does to the raid um most of it is avoidable not all of it though yeah
1: yeah gotcha so yeah so it's um it's uh yeah i mean the 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 changes to misweaver seem really good um in terms of like you know the the build diversity now i mean there's I think now there's not there's probably a you can run a different build on a, almost every boss. Like there's not just the set your talents and forget. I think you nice. can do that for the most part, but there's definitely some bosses where you can eke out you know more HPS, even more damage, right? Um, if you you know slightly change yeah. your spec. I think I, I think Council is the biggest example. Of, like you just run awakened, you know, run the Phalanx stomp build and just profit, right? Because it's yeah. a ton of damage and it's a, just a ton of healing.
0: Um, so, I think brewmaster, really, you only touch a couple of talent points on most fights. It's very, mm-hmm. very much kind of set and forget. There's, uh, and it depends. There's like, I think, really three variations, maybe four. And it really boils down to how offensive or defensive you want to be. And then whether you have mass AOE or not. Like, what what's gotcha. your target count? Yeah. If you're in, in constant three or four targets, like a primal council scenario, then you play one. If you're less than that, you play a different one um so there and then there's a another build for keys right um so it's a little bit more set and forget i don't think you really are looking at changing most talents for every boss but uh, there's a couple like flex points that you can play around with on different bosses and that matters like there's there's things like t- uh training of nia's hours like more damage gotcha but then some bosses you want light brewing because of celestial brew timings mm-hmm.
1: um
0: so like Diorta, you should 100 play light brewing on Diorta you really don't need it on um like karag uh, you can play training of news out there's a lot of auto attack damage that you take on karag so training mm-hmm. of news out is also good defensively there but um it's also it's just more damage because it lets you uh you get you know 15%
1: mastery and then that's just more damage gotcha yeah yeah so that's that's interesting yeah i mean it's it sounds like i mean changes wise on across the class it's been at least that like maybe between Broomhouse and mister because windwalker didn't really get touched um yeah yeah i mean the the, the stuff stuff's really awesome um in terms of like what it brings to the table so it's fun to it's fun to mess around with i need to i mean personally need to practice with shaelen's gift a lot more cuz i think that's yeah. going to end up being like what what you play long term but um yeah but no the the build diversity is just is just crazy which is which is super cool so yeah um, and Shaylin's is huge. Like I would talk mostly about raid and all of this, but like Shaylin's is huge in keys now because it gives misweaver something that we've somewhat lacked. It is like the ability to respond to like large amounts of damage um, to like multiple people. Right. And so our right. only way to do that that's, previously that's was not like, revival. But yeah. It was either revival or having really good renewing miss or sorry. Yeah. Renewing miss spread. So like our vivify cleaves would heal people up, but still that's like right. four or five casts to top people off just from the cleave. Right. And if, you know, if there's more more damage or there's back to back damage events, like you just fall behind, right? Yeah. Um, and so, like Shaluns, particularly the non lessons version of Shayloons, I forget what the, the name of it is, but the one that makes the cloud stack up faster. Yeah. In higher keys, I think is actually, you know, I think you can play both, but I think that's helpful as you're learning because it just makes it like you can cast max rank Shaluns like every, you know, whatever. It, I, I forget how, it's a cloud every four seconds, so it's every forty seconds you'll have like a max rank which is just big in terms of damage right yeah um yeah Yeah. super super cool
0: uh Um, speaking of uh talent bugs though there've mm -hmm. been a lot um there's a a guy that uh we ran into um they got reported that they can't they're a retribution paladin they have every choice in every choice node active they basically have two different talent builds active at the same time and they can't change their talents oh really they're stuck. So they they can't change talent builds. They can't, like, untalent things. They are just hard stuck. But they have effectively every talent. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> and um, that's really big. Uh, and so they were, they were popping into like the paladins where there was a big discussion about it. And they've sent videos and things to Blizzard. They are, they are not, like, trying. They, they're like, I'm trying not to get banned for this, right?
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: Um, uh, but there's been other things like, uh, rogues cheat death got moved. Um, so I haven't, it logs as if they still have cheat death in both locations.
1: Oh, interesting.
0: Interesting. So they have cheat death in the new location and in the old location, which is Mm -hmm. not possible. Mm Um, um, but there's been a bunch of issues as well. That, like every talent tree that got changed has had issues. Where like Brewmaster, you had to like s- some people had to like switch to Windwalker, and then switch yeah. back and then reset talents, and then you could like do your thing. Um,
1: our our hunters had to do that actually. I feel yeah
0: like. yeah. So there's been a bunch of issues with that, both in game and then. Be very careful looking at talent logs any talent trees that got changed we've gotten on on warcraft logs we've gotten most of it ironed out but there's still some edge cases that we're aware of like uh there's a talent for um it's so funny i was talking with zephyrus about some of the talent stuff like we were working on fixing a bunch of the issues we'd run into
1: mm-hmm. and i
0: think one of the things that came up is like the only thing that we know of that is like really going to screw us over is if they just swap the position of two talents in the same talent node, that's like the one thing that <laughs> would really, you know, ruin our day is if they swap two node, like it's, it, they don't change anything else. It's just the, t- the position of the two talents within the node within the choice node just flips. Yeah. Anyway. So that happened to warlocks oh, undocumented, God. by the way, they nice. just had a, a node at the bottom of their class tree, just like get flipped. Um, And so that got reported to me last night. I haven't looked further into it, but it did look like the combat log was logging the wrong thing, which has been a a common problem with these. That's the issue with like the rogue cheat death thing is like the combat log is actually logging that they have two copies
1: of cheat death. Oh no. Yeah. So then it's, you guys, if you knew
0: about it and could abuse it, then maybe you could get a different talent build. I don't know. Um, But as far as we know, as soon as you like reset talents successfully, it goes away. Gotcha. So it's like extremely difficult to try and abuse that because like you'd have to like figure it out and then not ever reset talents again. Yeah. And that's even assuming that you actually have the second copy and it's not just a bug in their combat log stuff.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Where they see it and they basically enter it twice, right? They they didn't never remove like the whatever the routine is right. to add it from well, the old note. No, ago. so
0: the what it is is like the well, for rogues specifically, like so. The, the, note, the different talent nodes have like types, right? There's a choice mm-hmm. node and then there's a single point node and there's a, a node with ranks, you know, there's different kinds of nodes. Um, so they changed the old choice node that had cheat death into it to a single choice node or like mm-hmm. to a, a single point node, um, but didn't actually remove the internal like choice of cheat death. And you can see this in the game data if you like, dig around in the API. Mm-hmm. So the second copy of cheat death actually still exists. It's gotcha. just unreachable. But if oh, you already had it what it shows in the talent UI is that you've got unbreakable stride talented, Gotcha. which is the new talent that's in its place that is kind of useless in PvE. So you probably shouldn't play it. But what it likely is, is just people not changing their talent builds. Mm-hmm. Um, and then it logging wrong thing like they actually have unbreakable stride but because they didn't actually change talents it just like logs the incorrect thing now i don't know it's really janky and buggy and i've spent a bunch of time this week doing like whack-a-mole bug fixes for all the different ways that they broke uh talent
1: stuff that sucks yeah yeah no it's it's definitely been a, a a lot more a lot more noticeable bugs and they've been around for a lot longer, we'll say. Um yeah. which probably just is there's more of them, so you know, there's more time to to fix everything. But um
0: although but yeah. credit where credits do, Bears talent tree went live and was like completely broken. Yeah. It was awful. Like that honestly should have been fixed before it went live, but I guess they've got a schedule to keep. And that's actually like going back to a previous subject, one of the things that Brian Birmingham was talking about yeah. as a problem from the like top-down management of, of ABK for Blizzard is that they were the ones pushing the timelines of like releasing the expansions at specific yeah. dates, like in time for Christmas 2022. You know? Yeah. Um anyway, that all got fixed in like a Tuesday hotfix. So gotcha. like there was literally a day one patch for the 10.5 the patch, which yeah. is hilarious. But they did get fixed and it, it now works. And apparently some of the new talents are good that's good i don't I haven't know if heard they're actually from. better but you know feral druids and boomkin are happy
1: that's good that's good yeah yeah it's been yeah it's been crazy the amount of like the amount of bugs we've seen And like yeah this mystery one yeah. is just it's the longest i think i've ever seen anything so um, i mean it's good. not like there weren't bugs like if you remember the launcher shadowlands right there
0: were a lot of bugs there too they were just specifically with, like, the Covenant stuff because nothing else changed in the game, yeah, pretty much. exactly. Like the Covenant stuff yeah. uh, just, like, was incredibly buggy. Uh, and it, like, slowly got fixed and everything got patched up. But, yeah. Right, right.
1: Yeah, no, it's been a... Yeah, it's been an interesting start to the... Uh, <laughs> to the... Ex- to the, uh, the patch, to the, to the expansion, yeah. Yeah, just yep. in general, so... um. Well, cool. I know we're almost at the end. I think the only other thing... or There's a couple, I guess, quick things just to bring up. So they did do a pass on Mythic Plus tuning. So Halls of Valor actually was the target of a lot of this. They've reduced a, a bunch of different things. Health to a bunch of different things. Um, you know, a bunch of different mobs, including the four kings in Odin's room. So the four yeah. mobs you do right before you pull Odin. They re- reduced God King Skolval's intro. So the RP is a little bit shorter. We talked a little bit about there's that last There's no week. more ah they
0: removed the important part of the rp the no i am god king score world it's so i think they removed the important bit and now he does the like second bit that nobody cares about and like maybe they had to for technical reasons but i am disappointed which bit of the
1: rp they chose to keep exactly exactly so so that is uh that is um that's upsetting um and they also did reduce they did do it sorry not reduce but they did add a duration to Fenrir, fenrir's uh ravenous leap bleed effect which i think is huge in that fight so typically that was um it was infinite so it could stack so You got more and more of them it's now a 30 second duration the leap itself i think is a 40 second cooldown so technically you should never get more than one stack unless you everybody stacks on top of each other and you just cleave right yeah um so yeah, so that was sort of uh, a, I think a big deal in terms of nerfs, but yeah, Halls of Valor was the focus and they did do a little bit of a pass on Noka defensive, but, um, but for the most part, Halls got the majority of the nerfs. One um, of the big things
0: here and like, one of the things that is different now from how we played the key in Legion, um, and this was starting to become a thing in Legion as well, but y- you don't pull wolves, you uh-huh. just don't pull wolves. Um, they leap, the leap is incredibly dangerous. You used to be able to, like, dead zone the leap where they would never do it, Um, and they would also never use their Ferocious Bite. They fixed that. You can't do it anymore. Ferocious Bite just, like, murders tanks, just, like, absolutely guts it. There's no cast time, and they just die. Um, They just remove Ferocious Bite. That is probably, like, forgetting your weekly 15, we're going to w key and, like, pull things that are in front of us and pull the wolves. Like, if you're doing that, this is huge because it means you're not going to have, like literally the only tank that was okay with ferocious bite as it was, was Prot warrior. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So this is, this is a really nice change for everybody else in the world. Brewmaster include like brewmaster, you could get good RNG and you could dodge them. But otherwise, if you pull like three wolves and they all just sink their ferocious bites, even with stagger, you still end up taking so much damage in such a short amount of time. Cause even on a, on like a 16, it was like 300 K damage each. Yeah. So, like, even with, with Stagger, you're still looking at taking your entire health bar in damage post-Stagger from the Ferocious fights, And since there's no health bar, or no cast bar, no timer, like, you can't just, like, push and Harm in advance. And, like, I mean, you can, and you just hope for the best. Yeah. But, yeah, it, like, that was probably the, like, most frustrating part of those, that, like, in Legion wasn't as big of a deal because tanks were just significantly tankier
1: right yeah
0: you know running around with 90 percent stagger as brewmaster um as opposed to the like 60 something percent that you'll have now
1: yeah no yeah exactly so um so yeah so good i mean overall i think some good nerfs in that dungeon um basically makes pushing i think a little bit you know definitely makes pushing a little bit easier as you get up there um just for the damage output so um but other than that i mean um i know we're sort of at time the only other i guess major things that sort of are the only really big thing at least to me that came out is they've nerfed cobalt assembly experience i literally was set up to level my evoker like saturday morning like i cleared, like i had some it. time they nerf it late friday night and i'm like you gotta be kidding me so yeah yeah they they were they significantly reduced the amount of experience that the cobalt assembly mobs give now so you can still do it, but like at this point, it's just quicker to either level through the you know questing or you know just dungeon, like you know chain yeah. run dungeon. Time out. walking is
0: out right now, and time yeah. walking the like end of like the dungeon experience is fairly similar to a regular like normal dungeon,
1: mm-hmm.
0: um, but the end of dungeon is like fifty percent higher. You know, instead yeah. of sixty thousand XP, you get ninety thousand. Um, so that is faster. That is probably the fastest uh, way to level if you get instant cues. Outside mm-hmm. of some of the speed quests, like speed uh, routes that people came up with for doing regular quests, um, yep. so it depends on how much effort you want to put in. If you want to put in the effort to do one of those, like really fast, like two-hour leveling routes, mm-hmm. then that's the fastest. If you just want to brain off and like key through a dungeon, time walking yeah, is time walking probably sure. your best bet.
1: Yeah, yeah, but um, but yeah, I think that's that's the majority of everything for this week um was a good week i think you know definitely a good week at least for me in terms of person in terms of raid week i think you had a, a solid one too and then um the patch is good i mean the super happy with the misweaver changes like i have yeah really nothing bad to say other than like fix the bugs like
0: oh <laughs> actually the there is a brewmaster bug an okay. important one um so you know how we were supposed to go from 35 percent to 45 percent magic stagger yeah yeah so they put that on an old stagger spell that is no longer gained
1: Oh, no. Oh, no. So it didn't
0: not working at all. Yeah. So we still have 35% magic stagger. The talent oh. changes and the celestial boot changes help make up for that significantly. But you're not getting your full magic stagger buff right now. I, yeah. And genuinely, I hope they fix that just because magic damage still feels bad. Um, oh, no. Yeah. That's or. Yeah. or give us a mystic vitality talent. Oh. Bring Ooh. back bring back mystic vitality. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Okay, okay. Okay.
0: You know, you know, there's some there's some talents we currently don't take that could be ditched in favor of mystic vitality. Like <laughs> we could yeah. we could do that. Nice. Nice. But uh yeah, I think that is going to be it for the show today. Thank you all for watching and/or listening. I hope you enjoyed it, uh, and if you did, and you want to support all of our work over on the Pika Serenity, like Sinzu's recent post about blackout combo, what makes it good now, how to use it now, what the different effects are, and like their pros and cons, um, you can do that by supporting us over on Patreon at patreon.com/slash-pika-serenity, and of course. Come and join the Discord, uh, which is just the best place to come and hang out in TheoryCraft about these new talent builds that we've got going on. Uh, but that's going to be it for the show today. Thank you all for listening, and we will see you next week. Bye!